The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum everyone. Welcome to Sister Speak. You're here with me, Mariam. Also joined in the studio with me is Sonia. And today we'll be talking about bullying. Um, but before we do that, can you tell us, uh, Sonia, can you tell us what our show is about? Yeah, sure. So our platform, our show is a platform for young girls to voice their own opinions on current events and issues and form discussions on general topics such as religion, culture, politics, social media, etc. Please know all opinions slash views are our own and we respect all other or opposing similar views slash opinions. And if they want to join in the discussion, how can they do that? Well, they can WhatsApp us on 0779-481822. And we are also on Facebook Live and we are on Instagram. That's at Sister Speak. You can comment or you can DM us. Absolutely. So we'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, before we delve into today's discussion on bullying, you want to just acknowledge that this topic may be sensitive and couldn't potentially bring up difficult emotions so if you or someone know is struggling with bullying uh, bullying please remember that help is available so you can reach out to the national bullying helpline which is at 0808 222 uh, for support and guidance but before we actually delve into that we will do our segment thought of the week um, which is a segment where we just share something insightful so and personal anecdote or something that we've just been thinking about okay so i'm guessing i have to go first I don't have much options. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so my thought of the week, I think, is... Uh, this is such a weird one, but it's like, try to... What's the word? So it's like, uh, stick up for yourself a lot. I guess this links into our bullying Very topic, passionate. right? But it's like, stand your ground. If you know, like, I don't mean like... You know, if you're wrong, and, and don't be adamant about things and situations where you shouldn't be, but just, you know, have some more belief and faith in yourself. And like again, for me, a lot of the thought of the weeks come from transitioning into becoming an adult now, because I feel like that's the period of life that I'm in. And um, a lot of the times, it's like when you're a child, you can just kind of like eh, nothing really matters, and things can just be avoided, or you can just be childish about a situation because no one's gonna hold you accountable. But as you get older, you know, you say things and do things for a reason. So if you ever get called up on it or if you're um, having to reflect on it, just like you stand your ground, like you did that for that reason and just stay strong. Yeah. That's a really important um, thought of the week and actually something that I've been thinking about as well recently. But do you think that having the ability and the capacity to stand your ground, as you say, uh, derives from a place of good self esteem and confidence, which a lot of people may not have? and if they yeah. lack that, how can they build that and develop well, it? Well, I wouldn't say I have it either. Like I oh, really? Think, yeah, I still think sometimes it can be hard because, you know, it's, it's just a lot of responsibility to stand your own ground. I think like, you seem, you come across, sorry to interrupt, I think you come across a very confident and someone that will be unapologetic and stand not for what's wrong. No. You, you just can't, you, I never, you never know. Like, there's not some situations that I feel like I'm a mouse, like I'm not going to say anything, I'm not going to talk. It just depends on the situation. Mm. Um... Like, for example, I went to like this um, rally the other day, and I went by myself because I was I was meeting friends later on, but I was travelling by myself. And at one point, I was wearing something very visibly to show 
what side of the rally I'm on, if you're going to say it like that. Not that there's sides or anything, but it's just perception. To show solidarity. Perceptions. There are perceptions of people may think, sure. what are you doing here? Like, and I had that visibly shown, and at some point I was like, I kind of want to be covered right now. Like, I don't want to... When I was travelling, because I was on my own, and just a moment where I was like, momentary lapse, I guess you could say, where I was not, never not like against it, but I was just a bit worried or scared, because you do get worried and scared, because there are people out there that are nasty and horrible and, you know, will attack you, so it was a momentary lapse, but I was like, should I just cover my very visible signs right now? I don't think that's, that's your lack of capacity to stand your ground, I think that's just for you being Safe. risk aware, <laughs> yeah. aware of the risk um, that is around you and you know that you don't want to be subjected mm. to hate crime or you don't want to be subjected to violence if that could uh, sprout um, but I don't necessarily think that should be come to the conclusion you should come to the conclusion that you're not able to stand your ground in fact you're going to a rally to show solidarity and the whole essence of your travel was for that yeah so but back to your initial question of what would you say to people that don't know how to stand their ground or whatever I would say um, use honesty as a big tool because if you're honest about what you want and why you're doing what you do then you've got all the power you need because it's about what you believe right like you're doing it for yourself whatever the standing ground whatever you're standing your ground on mm -hmm. just be honest because when you start derailing and maybe making things up or mm -hmm. trying to find excuses and so on that's when it's like you look weak to me now like I don't you don't even believe in your own cause forget someone else but if you stand your ground, you'd be honest, you'd be like, truthful and use that, use that to help you. I think so as well. I think that shows and demonstrates your integrity, especially if you're going to use honesty. And why wouldn't you want to be honest about your situation? Because there is no need to, to be inaccurate or just to say mistruths. I think that kind of links, interlinks with my thought of the week, which is something that I generally have been thinking about. It's about having a good relationship with yourself. I think we always think about cultivating positive relationships with others and I think that's important but equally I've been thinking about how do I think about myself and do I place more emphasis on my thoughts as a, uh, and that allowing that to define me or do I put emphasis on my actions and I think there's sometimes a disparity because sometimes I could spiral in terms of my thoughts and it can be some self, sometimes it can be quite self-deprecating however my actions are not aligned to that and so when I'm kind of doing achievements where everyone around me is celebrating me I'm having self-deprecating thoughts so it's something that I wanted to kind of distinguish where how do we identify ourselves and how do I identify myself in terms of am I defining myself with maybe pa past experiences that's having uh, past experience that is kind of defined me um, and I haven't moved past it or am I defining myself in terms of the present and what I've achieved right now um, so that's kind of my thought that's of a really the week. good thought of the week, and I think the whole self depreciation self deprecating, yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people can probably relate to that because you just can't help it. Like you're your own harshest critic, and you always mm. will be. Um, but yeah, having that good relationship with yourself, just work on it, everyone. Just it's try. really important yeah. because if you, I think there's a lot of uh, images out online or allegories that I shared that if you are not a full cup, you can't point to someone else. So it's so important to fill your own cup and to be positive to yourself and have positive thoughts about yourself um, and I think that's why we kind of focused our show last week on introspection because in order for you to do that you have to evaluate yourself and exercise introspection um, which is going to be a good segue for my next question for you Sonia. Oh no. 
What's the mo- what's the emotion that you find hardest to express? Oh, that is such an interesting question. Um, anger, maybe. Or sometimes I don't know. I actually don't know. That's a really weird question. It used to be like crying and sadness, but now I've really let that out, open the gates for tears of sudden. But now, oh, anger. I think also when you like have to be serious sometimes, but it just depends on the situation. I actually don't know. These questions take a lot of time to think about, Mariam. So I don't that's know. the kind of style I like. So yeah, should I ask you the question back? If you like. So what's the emotion you find hard to do? I definitely think anger for me. I think anger is something that I feel it overcomes me in terms of it's very heightened and it's very strong and it overpowers me. And it's not elicited in terms of other person will feel the grunt of it. It's more that I become so I become so disassociated with the situation to the extent that I just start crying um, because I'm so overwhelmed. Yeah. As opposed to be expressing my anger that this is something that's made me uncomfortable, I, I can't articulate it at that moment. It really does just numb me. Yeah, and that must be annoying because it's like this is the time when you want to articulate and express what you're feeling, and you can't. Yeah. Absolutely, it's very, it's very paralyzing, um, and just taking a moment in that situation. But sometimes it's really difficult because sometimes I feel like, especially it depends who I'm interacting with. It feels that if I do take a moment, it really does rely on the other person to be able to understand that I don't want to say something that I regret. Yeah. So I'd rather be quiet and then express what I need to. Um, but oftentimes, it requires two people to be healthy. So if the other person is not receiving that and just want to wants to pretend that the situation did not occur, it's very difficult to have that communication. So I think for me, is understanding that I only have control over myself and my thoughts and my feelings. Um, and if I feel uncomfortable, I should be able to articulate it. But it is contingent on the other person. Um, but I don't know how to define it, the situation. Oh, if that person receives my communication, that's completely fine. If they don't, that's completely fine too. Good answer, Marion. And I, I like again. I'm lost. I need light-hearted questions and like. Okay, what's your what's your cheat meal? <laughs> cheat meal. Um, first of all, I don't even believe in that phrase because every meal I have is a cheat meal. Like, I don't think about meals like that. Um, or like the ultimate cheat meal. Isn't that wings and chips? <laughs> I don't have cheat meals either, but it's like one of the questions. Yeah, but like, it means obviously like when you're something that you unhealthy, yeah, unhealthy, varying out of the balanced diet. So, okay, I have a question for you, another one that's a bit more. Are you not going to answer the same question, though? I don't really have... I think <coughs> the same for me is just anything greasy. But I really like eating greasy food with salad. Alright, okay, to balance it out. To just like... I like the freshness that cuts with the grease. I, it actually tastes nice for me. Nice. So I think you've seen when I go out to eat, I tend to order salad, even if it's really greasy. I just mm. like to have a salad. I love salad too, though, I can't lie. Every meal. If it's nice and there's a little salad on the side, you know? Yeah. Even recently, I got a biryani from some place, and it was just the rice and the, the chicken. And I was like, that looks a bit plain. They look like there's salad missing or something on the side, you know? Then we got a writer, and it was okay. Oh, yeah. It's good. That's good. <laughs> um, okay. Raining it back in, though, I wanted to ask you a question. I, uh, this is something that specifically I really wanted to ask you, actually. 
if you could give me a piece of advice on anything, what would it be? No, 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 no. I always say, I don't come to me for advice. But I, okay, you can come to me for advice, but I, I want to say this. I specific to be, me? Yes, yeah, specific to you. Okay, fine. If I had to give you advice on something, well, like anything, anything. Anything. It's, it's, it's very ambiguous. It's so good. Um, it's going to sound so cliche, and it's probably going to, you're probably going to be like, that doesn't even address to me, but I would say like, Keep going and doing what you're doing. And again, I don't want to sound cliche about it. The reason why I'm saying it is because look at how far you have come and look at what you can achieve and remember what you can achieve if you have to reflect, reflect, you know, and just keep going because there's going to be people that don't understand you. There's going to be people that are like, um, you know, looking down on you maybe. There's always going to be that, right, for the company. You yourself, like you said, might doubt yourself and stuff to appreciate and so on, but just keep, keep going because you are doing everything you ever wanted to do and dreamed of doing. So, yeah, just keep going. I love that. I think that's extremely relevant to me because sometimes it does feel like I'm stagnant, but I should remember there's so much things that I dreamed of and I was able to achieve it. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Well, let me ask you the next question. Um, it's similar, but instead of past to present, it's future. So, finish the sentence. When I am double my age, I would like to be... A mother. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> uh, what's double your age? Can we not share my age? Oh, but then can you give me a different answer? Uh, um, double my age. I think um, I'd like to be content. Oh. I'd like to be content. Are you content now? I think I'm working towards it. I'm becoming more content as I'm growing older. And I think I mentioned the last show, I've, I feel like life has really humbled me. And I think that's a constant process. And um, I, I feel like when I go through certain tribulations or hardships, at that moment, I understand it's a hardship. I understand it's a tri- tribulation. But I have a foresight understanding that I, I really believe that there will be some ease because Allah says with hardship is ease. And although it might not happen immediately, I just have that hope. I have that conviction is going to happen and that's exactly what's happened in the last two weeks today i felt like i had so much clarity when in the last two weeks my mind was very fogged and i really couldn't think about certain things that i'm trying to go through um so i definitely think in, when i'm twice the age I, I hope that contentment and that clarity will come a lot easier with me with life experience wow that is a great answer and i, I think you will be content sure. i think you'll be content next week Marion. inshallah <laughs> It's a good one. Do you want me to answer it? I would just say, if when I am double my age, I would like to be healthy and free, but mainly healthy. <laughs> Do you unpack that? Huh? Unpack it. Oh, uh, um, no. I just think because, like, if I, when I'm double my age, um, the people I see of that age, um, and I'm talking about family members and so on, often it's like there's so many ailments and you know mm. there's this problem and this problem and this problem. And I, I, you know, it's gonna happen to all of us anyway, but. We like to just be healthy. I think that's a really big aim for the future. But and now as well, obviously. Yeah. But in order for you to be healthy and double your age, you have to start introducing habits now. It's just long, isn't it? <laughs> but once it's a habit, I know you won't think about it anymore. It's part of your routine. I know, mm. I know. That's what I'm trying to get to. But I agree with you. It's stuff that we need to implement now for then. I just, it just reminds me of our last presenter, Amina, who every thought of the week, she just used to say, dehydrate yourself, have an orange, and have an orange, or have something, have some sort of fruit. Yeah, she did say that, yeah. She knew what she was doing. That one fruit a week, at least, was 
going towards health, health as well. I hope she's doing this. Oh, I wonder, we should shout catch up with her. Amina, shout out to Amina. And all <laughs> our excellent ex-presenters, we miss you. Come back. Come back. Moving <laughs> <laughs> on to the next question from Mariam. From me? Yeah. Okay, I think this is quite relevant for the things that we've been discussing. What was the point in your life when you started to believe in yourself? Yeah, it's a difficult one because I wouldn't. I, I would. There's always, like we said, momentary lapses. Like mm. there's always parts of my life and times when I don't believe in myself. Um, but in terms of believing in myself, um, I think school. Um, actually, I've said this story before <laughs> on the radio. Okay, this wasn't it, but this is a big part. Mm. When I was five years old. I won a competition in the whole of Luton for colouring. <laughs> I remember the story. And I was five, so it was such a big deal. And I bought, I got an Easter egg that was the size of me. Like th- that doesn't make me believe in myself. Another than what would. That but is such a cool memory. I know winning competitions really did help me in life. I'm not saying they were like, come on, what like, and they probably just gave it to me because I was little. Like it was a scribble, but it it was a good. Did memory. you keep that paper? No, I didn't even eat the egg because at the time I remember saying, oh, I don't like orange chocolate. But I actually love orange chocolate now. I know, regrets, regrets. But the, the, memory the happier me. memory that mm, came from happiness it. Me. Do you think that's been, after that moment, um, I, I assume that had a big impact on your life, do you think it just grew? Or is it something, do you think that was like the start of it? Um, I think it's a bit like, yeah, it grew. Um, but I, I'm obviously as you get older, you stop looking for external validations. Mm-hmm. Like if I lost that competition, should it mean I should stop believing in myself as well? <coughs> so I, do, I think after school, um, because school is just pure, just validation, validation. Get that exam result, smashed it. Yeah, you're doing well. Mm-hmm. Or competition, win that tournament, you're doing well. And as soon as that stuff, if you lose, it can be detrimental as well. So when you're out of that environment, say, if it's school, college, whatever you go to, if you're 17, 18, and then. After that, you realize actually, I need to be believing myself from other ways, not because someone, a teacher, told me that I'm doing well. Like, there needs to be other ways to believe in yourself. So I think after school is when it became more real. But before that, it was more just well done. You got an A. You got an A star. So yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right on that point. In in terms of we use extrinsic validation to define ourselves, and those things often happen in schools. I think self-worth isn't taught in other ways and that's something that you have to almost develop on your own especially when you go to university because you almost plunge into an area where you have autonomy on yourself and you're almost competing with so many other people um in terms of just the kind of social circles that you're in making friends um you know even if you're engaging with certain activities you're on your own and you are you are the one that's going to be responsible for making those opportunities come to yourself. Um, and I think something that's something I really struggled with, but I do think it's because I had company that wasn't too great in terms of they would kind of belittle me and berate me. And I think that really knocked a lot of my confidence. And that was quite consistent throughout my whole entire schooling life, which is quite sad. Um, but I'm addressing it. <laughs> I think it's important. I, I, don't, I don't feel like it's a shameful thing to say to go to therapy. I think it's very important. Uh, as I digress, uh, going back to my main point, um, I think the moment for me was when I I had no one around me after university because I had to cut out very toxic people out of my life and I was almost in a clean state 
and I started to engage with the organization Confemiso. And on that moment, that's when my confidence really uplifted because I started, I, meet, I met people that aligned with me in terms of my values, aligned with my passions and advocacy, and that were really empathetic. And that's something that's really important to me in terms of emotional intelligence. And I think from that moment, that was really, really a good opportunity for me to develop myself. And then the other opportunities I had that year, I was part of a political organization. Uh, well, it was a non-partisan organization, but it had a lot of political engagement. Um, and I think meeting those type of people, and I met people from a very wide range of spectrum um, in terms of meeting like ministers and meeting people who are working in the corporate companies. I think that really sprouted my confidence. Um, so that year, I really kind of focused on development, and I think that really kind of become the cornerstone of my confidence and I'm still building on that. Well done, Maria. Do you have any final thoughts before we get to the next half of the show? Um, no, just listen in because we're going to be speaking about bullying and that's a very, very important topic. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll be talking about bullying um, and we do hope that you can engage in the discussion. So see you in the next half. Assalamu alaikum, this is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Welcome back to Sister Speak. On the first half, we were sharing our reflections, and in this half, we'll be talking about bullying. Um, just a, a disclaimer before we delve into the discussion on bullying, we want to acknowledge that this topic may be sensitive and could potentially bring up difficult emotions. So, if you or someone that you know is struggling with bullying or its aftermath, please know that help is available. You can call the National Bullying Helpline at 0808-800-222 for support and guidance. Um, so the first question I'd like to ask Asa is what is the current state of bullying awareness and prevention efforts in the UK and what more can be done to address this issue? So just for those who don't know, this week from the November, November the 13th to November the 17th is Anti-Bullying Week um, and this is why we kind of dedicated our show. So to close yours, Asa. Well, I think the current state of sort of bullying prevention and awareness is a lot I'd say it's a lot better now than it was maybe when me and you were in school uh, without giving away our ages too much. Um, but I think, well, I think it, it is it is getting better, to be honest. I mean, I don't have sort of the facts or, or figures in front of me, but I think just based on what I see, I think the fact that we even have a Bullying Awareness Week mm-hmm. um, at the minute, and, you know, obviously Inspire FM, if you've been listening to the radio, we have been uh, talking about anti-bullying on the radio all week this week as well uh, to coincide with the National Anti-Bullying uh, week, so I do think I do think it's a it's a good uh, improvement in what we're seeing. To be honest, I, without sort of going into the schools and stuff, you can't necessarily know for sure. But I think there's definitely is some sort of awareness being built. I do think there's a. The I definitely agree with you. I think there is a more of a emphasis on in terms of bullying, and I think now it's a bit more nuanced to understand the demographics and how they experience bullying. Um, but I do want to ask you what more can be done in terms of addressing these issues because sometimes there's covert bullying that may be unrecognized or undetected. So what would you say about that? Um, I'd say really, I mean, it depends on the kind of bullying that's happening. I think one of the things, I think, coming back to your question where you say, obviously, there's covert bullying, there's overt bullying, you know, what different types of bullying are there? You know, cyberbullying now is a lot different to mm-hmm. what cyberbullying was 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago even. 
uh, the internet's developed so much in that. So I think th there is no one glove fits all kind of approach when it comes to um, how we can tackle bullying. But I think the main thing is a providing a space for people to feel that they can share their experiences, how they're feeling, mm -hmm. um, and then sort of the specifics kind of come after that I think but I think people need to a be aware what bullying is uh you know what constitutes bullying you know is it you know just playful teasing or is it something more serious than that is it making you feel a certain way um and then sort of moving beyond that to the specifics of it um and then tackling it from that angle I think that's absolutely right and um do you think there's a difference between the bullying that we see in schools and in the workplace or do you think they could derive from the same kind of manifestations and do you think the way people address it in both areas of course children are vulnerable so you would expect the guardian to intervene for them um, do you think those mechanisms are consistent in terms of people being able to have someone that can intervene and support them I think the difference between maybe school-based bullying and maybe bullying in the workplace or you know bullying between adults and stuff is that as an adult I feel like uh, I mean, I can't really speak from experience. I've been quite fortunate. But I feel like as an adult, a lot of the things that you see maybe online or from other people's experiences is that a lot of it is basically just your grown-up, kind of just stick it out kind of thing, toughen mm -hmm. up. Um, whereas with children, obviously, there is more support in that sense. And there should be, I think. Um, but yeah, I think there definitely is a difference. But I feel like in my... From what I've seen, I feel like people who bully from when they were maybe teenagers or, or, or young people, for example, I feel like they can, in some ways, I feel like it's the same people that maybe continue to be bullied in, or in they adult could life. Be, uh, maybe that's a, sweet, that's, that's a generalization, but basically just from what I've seen. Okay, from your experience. Um, do you think the indicate? of course indicators are very different when, when a child, so when oh, a yeah. child is being bullied, so, um, and this is also from Brighton Hope and Safeguarding Children Partnership, who say that you know if children are being afraid to go to school, they're skipping school, mysteriously being ill or doing less well at school, those are kind of indicators. But yeah. what, what would you say are the indicators when it comes to adults in, work, in the workplace? Um, and how can we kind of ascertain that someone is being harassed or being bullied? Sonia, do you have any thoughts on that? Yes, thank you for welcoming. I'm back. I mean, I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and hi, Awesome. Thanks for hi. being on the show. No, um, it's always a so, pleasure. Yeah, just to join in on, the, like you said, in the workplace, what kind of signifiers that might be there. I would say lack of motivation to do your work and little things like starting to come in late to work or taking extra long lunches, maybe. Um, just a general lack of enthusiasm for doing the work so basically a change in behavior from mm. what you had before because you obviously it's not a place you want to be in anymore so you're not going to have that same enthusiasm mm. towards work I think yeah no, I 100% agree do you think in terms of um, when people are being bullied in the workplace as colleagues what kind of position does that put people in and do you think if you were able to recognize someone is being bullied um, what would the approach be? And do you think it's easy for colleagues to be allies to people that are being bullied? I think it's very hard for me, honestly, with you. Yeah, honestly, I think it depends on the workplace, but I think office politics are such a huge thing when it comes to things like this. Because mm, you need your work, you need your employment. Most of the time, mm. it's not something that you can just play around with or you yeah know, exactly you can't it's not like school like you know there's examples we gave before like you can't just jump in and be like yeah i'll you know use my name and say this and so on you're like actually you might have a family or a mortgage at home to you know provide for so i think if you are 
I don't know if you feel like it's something that has to be called out. Yes, by all like join that, join the forces, but try and do things. It sounds wrong, but try and do things that protect yourself as well. Mm-hmm. So like things that are written, not just said. Everything has to be done properly, and you know the formalities. What do you think? No, no, hundred percent agree with you in that sense. Yeah. I think one of the challenges when people are being confronted with bullying, especially when it comes to the through, through supporting a colleague, it's having that understanding of what the policy is in the workplace and understanding how they could be protected. Um, I can understand the apprehension as well because sometimes it's it's very difficult to report someone is being bullied, especially if, if it's not tangible. It is often seen as not tangible because it's almost hearsay. Someone has said this and it's not documented. Um, but it's really important and in that space to be an ally because there's strength in numbers and I think one of the things that I've been thinking about is if someone has come to seek your help um, I think as a Muslim I just feel like it's very difficult to close the door and if there's any way you can help it doesn't necessarily be the way that they're asking for but within yeah. your, whatever your capacity is even if it's emotional support I think it's really important and it's incumbent on you to support them um, but also I think it's really when you go to the workplace you should be very aware of policies because that will allow you to protect yourself and understand what these processes that you're going through if they're accurate and if they're being imposed on you in um, in a way that's not fair you'll have that understanding and it's unfair because you know you wouldn't want to go to a workplace just to catch someone out however it's just very important to find yeah. out what the rules and regulations are just to ensure that you're protected and the people around you are protected Another thing is just to ensure that if something is uncomfortable, to make sure that everything's written and then there's evidence for you to be able to kind of raise that in the future. Um, so, yeah, anyone have any thoughts on that? No, like the written thing I stand by again. Mm-hmm. Just things have to be done properly. And if that means an email trail, then, yeah. 100%. I think also looking for mental health um, champions within the workplace is very important to kind of go to them and to speak to them and speak to them in confidence I think that's really important um, and I think when all, all those type of things should be given to you when you're inducted in any kind of workplace um, but I think those kind of my thoughts uh, in terms of how to kind of navigate bullying in the workplace is a very awful thing to experience and I think that's why it's important to when you do start a work to branch out and to make sure that you make friends within not just within your own team but with other teams as well so you can actually discern whether your treatment is fair it's an unfortunate kind of strategy that i had to employ um but i think a lot of the times especially when you're very young you may not be aware how different dynamics are so that's one of the strategies that i have often um used to be able to make sure that i feel safe and comfortable in the workplace and no one should be feeling that they're going to be harassed or being being bullied or they're uncomfortable your workplace should be a safe space for you and your your workplace should be cultivating conditions for you to thrive and because you are delivering work and you're doing deliverables um so that's kind of like my own advice to people um but moving on to the next question i do think bullying has evolved especially as Asim said with technology um so my next kind of question is how has cyberbullying impacted individuals especially with young people and what measures can be taken to combat that Do you, i want to start with sonia because she's someone in the social media space quite oh but i'm old <coughs> so when i was young not that old <laughs> uh, no, but i'm in the social media bullying is is still was still kind of new um we used to have like this joke which is like if you're getting bullied just turn the screen off <laughs> we didn't even make sense to kids now because they'd be like the phone screen but well, I meant like the computer screen like you just turn it off or the laptop just turn it off um, which is obviously that's actually a very good advice 
I know, but it's more serious than that. So sorry, I didn't mean to offend anyone because the truth is, if you go back to school the next day, everyone's going to be talking about no, exactly. whatever it is. Anyway, you can't just turn it off mm. when they're next to you in class saying, "Did you see that thing that was said about so and so online mm. yesterday?" So it's not something you can just ignore and avoid. Um, but yeah, I guess this topic in general is it's a sticky one, and it's also very prominent right now. Mm. I'd say it's sticky only because. It's so hard to sometimes prove that someone's bullying you online. So there's a lot of things that exist, like anonymous pages or um, group chats that can never be found again because they can be deleted. And you know, so um, I really don't know what kids, how kids are bullying each other these days online. But um, in terms of navigating it and so on, so you have to be careful what you say. You can't end up being the bully or saying something back because once it's online, it's there forever like the moment someone screenshots it or screen records it or whatever it is you know you there's no way back out of that and what would you say but i don't i don't think that point's happening enough to young people i remember when we would have sort of like citizenship classes and stuff they would always tell us whatever you say online has a consequence basically and obviously i mean i spent like 10 years since we left school but i don't know if younger people are aware of that i see sort of my younger siblings or maybe people that they're around and it's very much like or even like when you're online yourself you see younger people online and they kind of just feels like they're saying anything and it's mm. like because it's just a space for them that's always been there exactly it doesn't seem like a new space that be careful it's just there from the minute they're born it was there i don't mm. think they see it as this whole like i need to be careful because i think we kind of saw it as a privilege almost really absolutely when you think whereas i feel like we had to be we were very strict. We had to be 13 when we made our Facebook accounts or Twitter accounts and stuff. Some people didn't. I'm not going to yeah. name names. But <laughs> for me personally, like yeah, it, yeah, it was yeah. something that was no, like... No, you respected the rules at least. Like, you wouldn't show it, for example. So exactly. There can be... like There's people on social media apps that say anything, show anything. I would never want to show my uniform, for example, on a public platform. Like, it yeah. would be very private if you did. Because you, how you, that's exposing where you go to school. That's yeah. open to all sorts of things in the moment you do that. But now, I mean... Uh, you Especially know. with, like, TikTok and stuff, you see all the... I mean, the schools themselves are on TikTok. I've got, exactly. Yeah. So. <laughs> exactly. But, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. Because um, think about it like this. When you're young, you're a teenager or whatever, you have a minute of anger or angst or whatever, you can make a video and put it online. And that's it, done. And that's the kind of thing they would do because that's their, that's their outlet, that's their platform. They don't mm. think of anything else. I don't know what we would do. Maybe we text your friend individually or call them on the phone, like the <laughs> landline phone. I want to talk to someone to rant or something. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think they don't have that barrier of let me not do this thing online, let me not go online. Like they'll just put anything mm. on there, including bullying. Exactly. 100%. I think the, the repercussions of that, I think we can see in so many different ways. Um, and I think it's quite difficult for them to kind of separate the world of technology to their actual lives because everything seems to be a social thing online. Um, but for me personally, I think education is very important. And so like Asim mentioned, in citizenship, they were taught that there's a consequence to putting yourself out there. And also, if you think about in the long term, um, especially when you're in the workplace, sometimes people are weaponized with something that they tweeted when they were 15 years old. And although that's not right, and that it, it really does happen, so to make sure that you're putting your foot, your online footprint has to be very, you have to be very careful when you make an online footprint. So go ahead. Sorry, that kind of reminded me because you were saying like uh, people bring things up after like 15 years and so on. 
of how people dox people online and I, yeah. and I can't even imagine for like I'm talking about workplace now but even for young people imagine you're called out for something that the entire class can literally join the bandwagon and now start bullying you online mm. as well like it's it's so much easier to be a bully online now than it was I think in real life and obviously doxing is a whole thing do you want to tell the listeners what that is my understanding of doxing is when somebody basically leaks your private detail yes, like yes. online it can be obviously your name your address your age what school you go to all that kind of stuff and I feel like it's very easy for people to be able to do that nowadays because I feel like it comes back to the point we were saying earlier I feel like we were taught to be very private with our lives when it comes to the online space whereas I think again with young people that are coming up with you know I mean they've grown up Instagram's been around since you know they were before born. they were born exactly yeah, so yeah. I mean they know they know that um and so there's no second thoughts when you'll see, you know, you're posting pictures of yourself in your uniform or, you know, at your workplace and things like that. And then it, it becomes can... very easy for people to be like, okay, you work here and you've said something that I don't like and therefore there's your information out there. Yeah, and I'm going to tell your employer and exactly. we're going to have like 70 people message your employer. So now employer has no choice but to do something because they're getting doxxed or, you know, inundated with this information. And so it's a bit of both of young people just putting every, anything online and it's also the part of doxing and the whole like everyone joining on a bandwagon that's not seen as bad as it should be seen so like okay say someone done something wrong or I don't know a child is getting bullied like why is it not seen as bad of leaking someone's information like that should be mm. a really bad thing to say actually guys this person works here like no matter what they've done and sometimes I mean yeah, you do see it and you're like, no, that person's evil. They deserve to get fired or whatever. But at the same time, it's very like, we shouldn't really be doing those investigations. I think for me personally, I think it goes, I think I have quite a split opinion on that. So I do see why if someone wrote something very hostile and uncomfortable, say if they wrote something, wrote hate towards a specific ideology and I'm working with this person, that would make me feel unsafe. And so therefore I would raise that with the employer that, I don't feel safe to come to the workplace because my fellow colleague is speaking about maybe my religion in this yeah. way or inciting hate. So in that sense, there's a precedence for you to share that, but I think you should go through the protocols that is in place at the workplace as opposed to yeah, sharing it online and creating a whole entire conversation or dialogue or discourse about it. Um, no, I was, was, was going to chime in and just say, obviously, the, the route that you're saying, obviously, that doesn't constitute doxing. All right. Okay. Uh, sorry, I didn't even know what doxing was. <laughs> so, so do, do, doxing is specifically you are putting somebody's information out there on the internet. So they've done something that you don't like. So, say that um, person did do like a hate crime or a offensive yeah. comment towards you, and then Awesome was like, "Guys, to find out where this guy lives." Yeah. Um, let's. I don't know. Send it's, nasty letters to his address or block his front garden door or something. Exactly. And and everyone will just join in. Just but join can you in. report that to the police? No, you, no, people don't get in trouble for doxing. Uh, oh well, as far as I know, they don't. This is what I mean. So it's about, is that a bully? Are you dealing with a bully? Or have you become the bully now? Yeah, I think that there's a distinction to be made there. Yeah, but it's the same thing if that person then, if Asim leaked their employment details, that, that could jeopardise your kind of mm. case. Because you could be like, I'm dealing with it in my way, but because all these people have now done all of this, you're actually leaking his private information, his, they, them, their yeah. private information online, mm. and it's just jeopardised the whole thing, you know? That's terrible. I, I wasn't aware of this. Yeah. I think one of the things that I, I did come to mind, um, how we were talking about, it was very separate spheres in terms of we kept our lives very private, and the public sphere was 
something that was kept online. Um, and I was thinking about how those, like you just mentioned in terms of doxing, um, in terms of getting the location, in terms of the address and all of those type of things. I think children, uh, young people, like you mentioned earlier, they post when their birthday is, they post where they live, they, they post what school they go to. It's very easy to collect this information. And I don't think people emphasize this enough to young people at school that this information can be used in a very yeah. negative and maybe even callous way. I um, mean, I don't want to, um, like some, I was going to say, like say someone's name, but like I know a younger person and their like usernames are random numbers. What those random numbers are, the date of birth. And I just thought, you, given your date of birth, you, you, we know where you live because you've made it very obvious, like mm-hmm. in the town, the city and so on. You can get into someone's banking app, okay? This is very serious stuff. You know their first pet name, you know their first school name. There's only a few more things you need to know in that app. So, you know, you need to be really, really careful. Sorry, I know we were talking about bullying and we've gotten into this first about No, I think it's really important because online. putting yeah. your information online can make you subject to bullying, I think. Yes. It can be. It can. It can. Um, yeah. But can going... Agree? <laughs> moving on to my next question, um, I wanted to ask about the demographic or in terms of bullying. So either do you think the specific demographics or groups are more vulnerable to bullying? Um, and do you think there should be more targeted interventions in place? I, I don't believe there's any demographic type thing when it comes to bullying. And we're talking about school bullying here, because mm. that's what comes to mind when you think of yeah. bullying. Um, and it's, I'm going to say, this is such a bad phrase, but anyone can get it. And anyone can get it, it's mm. true. Um, bullies are just bad, like, have... I don't know what to say. I was going to say they're bad people, but people can redeem themselves. But you know what I mean. In that moment, that bully is just a bad person. It's just a really bad, nasty person. Um, and only, yeah, what do you think about the demographic thing? Are no, those I, people that are more vulnerable? I agree with you. I think oh, the, there definitely are people that are more vulnerable. I think we sort of see it in more in protective, protective groups. I mean, you can be bullied on account of your race, you know, if you have a disability, mm. um, you know, things like that. Whereas, but I think er- er- everyone's susceptible to it. To be honest, in school for sure. In school, it, it, no one's safe in school. That's what I meant. No matter <laughs> anyone can get it. Yeah. Um, in terms of vulnerability, I think that is some a responsibility for teachers to look out for, though, because um, sometimes there is like obvious bullying happening, mm. or they'll say, "Oh, just oh, they're just picking on him or her, or it's just a little friendly banter," and it's like, no, you need to call it out now no, before exactly. it becomes something more serious, and that often does happen. And you're like, how did the teachers or the staff members or anyone just miss this happening? Mm. Um, and I'm not like saying it, that often happens, but it's so important for someone to pick it up. I think mm. personally, I think it's hard for us to speak on it when we're we're not in school. Hard. It's very um, hard. I think it'd be great to to have a teacher on to to speak about this topic, or maybe yeah. even you know some some younger people who are you know st- still currently in school who could who could speak about their. Um, experience and maybe what they see yeah um, but I think from our perspective yeah it hard. is more about um, I think we're aware of the fact that this is you know endemic now um, it's something that it, it's been around when we were in school it was around before we were in school it's around after we we're in school but now I think as adults we're more looking at it as how can we prevent this um, which I get it comes back to your point where you're saying well if it starts off as speaking then why aren't we picking that up at the initial stages when we can see it happening why do we have to wait for it to become a big thing to then finally take action yeah yeah I, I agree with everything else and said especially yeah. the fact that we can't we're a bit out of touch to talk about school 
Yeah. There's one interesting thing that's published on Department of Education where people, people who have free school meals are less likely to report bullying and than their counterparts. What are your thoughts on that? I think that's quite an interesting variable to talk about because those intersectionalities occur um, in schools, especially if someone comes from a low socioeconomic background. Um, they may be bullied because for various reasons. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that's something that hasn't really changed since we were in school. I think if you open up and say, you know, okay, I'm being bullied, then the question is then, what are you being bullied for? And then there's a certain level of, A, you have to admit, okay, I'm being bullied because, uh, you know, I'm in, you know, sort of a, a lower socioeconomic background. And then I think for some people that that, that tends to be a source of shame. Um, and obviously it, sh- it shouldn't be the case. Uh, but unfortunately, I feel like that's that's what we see, um, and so I think there is reluctance because of that to admit it, because it's something that I think it's something if it's something that you yourself are ashamed of, then I think in your head you kind of justify it. Okay, I don't like myself for this, so it makes sense that other people don't like me for this. Wow. If that makes sense. That is that is that makes sense. Yeah. It's also very sad that anyone has to feel that way. That's what bullying does to someone, right? It mm-hmm. just makes you feel rubbish, and then. You don't want to report it, like Asim said, because you think, well, maybe it is true, maybe it's something I need to not talk about, so I'm not going to talk about it. Um, I think another reason, maybe, and this is just an idea, could be that students might feel like it's just something they have to accept, which is so wrong, but it's just something they have to accept. They're like, you know what, I'm here, I'm just getting by, I just need to carry on, put my head down and continue. And those students that maybe are bullying they could probably feel a bit more entitled. I don't know, maybe they feel like they're in a position of privilege. Sometimes kids can see these things, mm. um, which is why I'm a strong advocate for wearing school uniform, by the way, very strong advocate. Um, but I think mm. schools should be, uh, schools, it's education, isn't it? Because as soon as you, as a child, because you can learn so much as a child, you're not actually stupid, like, I mean, we all were there, like, the things that you know and learn, and you can know that actually that means nothing, like, whether their socioeconomic background is, that's not something that should define their worth or of a person, but it's all about teaching. And well, often it does in those kind of settings, and then their self-esteem is impacted. So bad. And um, I also think one of the various could be that their parents might be in full-time jobs where they don't even get to speak to their parents, and they don't have the capacity to come and actually have those discussions with parents. And then there's this power dynamics. If they do report it, they're going to be fringed, infringed in that kind of setting. So, mm. but the problem is that kids will listen to kids. That it doesn't matter what a teacher or parent says, what another child is saying, or the cool group is saying, or the mm. friendship group that you really want to be in is saying. That's what you're going to listen to. Those are the influences that matter to you the most. I think we always want to be sort of acknowledged and accepted by our peers rather than everyone else. I think that's the biggest thing. I think you know we would rather accept what our friends say rather than you know, for example, what our teachers say or what our professors say because we're on the same level. We're equals in that sense. So yeah, I yeah. agree with what someone was saying. Yeah, I think, and then if you watch like obviously teenage, I don't know, movies and stuff, and it's often that there there is a group that's more powerful oh, than yeah. other groups because they're cooler. And I don't know where that cooler comes from. When you watch it on media, it's always they have more money, maybe, and they have they're maybe more smart. I think those really are important points, but we are coming to oh. the end of the show, um, and I, hope we, I think we should discuss in the next show. Yeah. Thank you everyone for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefmluton.org.